0: This past weekend, conservatives held their so-called freedom summit down here in the state of Florida. And there was lots of weirdness at the conference. I mean, let's be honest, it was a gaggle of conservatives. So of course there's weirdness. There was Chris Christie getting booed. There was other Republicans getting booed when they suggested Trump could end up in jail, but there was nothing weirder than Donald Trump himself, the supposedly only mentally competent person running for president who got up on stage and told the audience that he won all 50 states in the 2020 presidential election. That's not an overstatement. That's not me taking his words out of context. He, he literally said, quote, we won every state. We then did great in the election. We got 12 million more votes or so 12 million more votes than we got the first time. The whole thing is a lie. The whole election is a lie. Now the whole thing is a lie. Are you referring to the statement you had previously just made? Like we want every state, by the way, the whole thing's a lie. Um, because if so, if you're referring to your claims as being a lie, then I got nothing to talk about because you'd be right about that. But we won all 50 States, Donald Trump claims. And then we went on to do great in the election. He says, S- so Little weird, like not only is it a lie that we won all 50 states. No, you didn't. But he says, then after we won all 50 states, then we did great in the election. So are you not including winning all 50 states as part of the election? Like, is your brain seriously like that disconnected from itself that you don't even realize that winning all the states would have been part of the election? What this shows us, as we've seen in many different instances over the last couple weeks, is that there is something wrong with Donald Trump's brain. And the hilarity of it all is the fact that this all really started like kicking into high gear shortly after Donald Trump insisted he is the only mentally competent person running for president. And ever since he started down that path, It's like karma or a higher power, whatever you believe in, decided to be like, oh, really? Really? You're the only mentally competent one? How about from now on, you can't actually come up with a complete sentence that makes sense? Because that seems to be what happened to Donald Trump. But this is a big one. And again, it's not just that he lies. Look, we know he lies all the time. That's what he does. That's who he is. But now he's to the point where he is telling blatantly obvious lies that I guarantee you, even though his supporters didn't say a word about it at the event, I guarantee you there had to be a few people in the crowd that were like, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, a minute, wait a minute. I get that. Yeah, I believe the election was stolen, but all 50, like that's, that's not even possible. There had to have been a couple people in that audience that really gave it a second thought. Again, they didn't speak up. But there had to have been a few, even if they think the election was stolen, which it wasn't, they had to have known that that wasn't true. What Trump just said. The point is his brain is deteriorating and it's deteriorating at a, at a rapid pace at this point. Like we can't go more than like two to three days without Donald Trump saying something that should make you question his mental competency. Add into that, of course, the fact that way back when, you know, when he first uh, got elected by the electoral college, you know, you had psychiatrists, psychologists, mental health professionals. They actually put out a book called the dangerous case of Donald J. Trump, where they talked about all of these, you know, alleged problems that he suffers from. Obviously they couldn't make in-person diagnoses. So it's alleged obviously, but they warned us back then, like something's wrong with this guy. And here we are today seeing him get even worse. And I think a lot of it obviously has to do with the stress of the trial that he's currently in. You know, we saw that on full display when he testified on Monday, but the stress of that trial, the stress of the 91 criminal charges against him, it's all getting to him and his brain cannot function properly under that kind of stress. So we're going to see more incidents like this. We're going to see bigger lies. We're going to see bigger fabrications, you know, more evidence that he's living in this alternative reality, because as he gets more scared and as he gets more desperate, his brain is trying to create this alternative reality to make himself feel better and feel protected. I'm not a mental health expert, but if I had to explain what was happening with him, that's probably what I'd go for. Indicted Republican representative George Santos seems to be laboring under the assumption that his voters, his constituents in his district actually don't care if he lies his face off to them. In an interview with CNN that aired this past weekend, George Santos actually suggested that, Hey, my lies didn't matter. Nobody was voting for me because of the lies I was telling. Instead he says, no, they voted for me because I'd be a fighter for the people in my district. Even though almost a year in, you've literally done nothing for them. But here is what Santos had to say. Nobody elected me because I played volleyball or not. Nobody elected me because I graduated college or not. People elected me because I said I'd come here to fight the swamp. I'd come here to lower inflation, create more jobs, make life more affordable and the commitment to America. Look, could I have won the general election last time? Nobody said I could. Elections are tricky. There's no predetermined outcome. Yeah. See, here's the thing though, bud. Um, if those claims that you made didn't matter, then why'd you make them? If you didn't think it was going to make you look good in the eyes of those voters, then why did you tell the lies? You see, like you can't have it both ways. You can't just make up this entire false narrative about your entire life and then be like, ah, nobody even cared about it. If nobody cared about it, you wouldn't have done it. So you're contradicting yourself with these new claims, just based on your own history. And yes, believe it or not, things like that do matter. Candidates histories absolutely matter. Why do you think all the people running for office, no matter what office talk about all the things they've done in their life and those who've never held office, try to make their lives seem more interesting to the voters by saying things like, Hey, I was, I was an award-winning volleyball player till my knee got shattered, right? Like Santos claimed. Hey, my mom died on nine 11. No, she didn't. Hey, my grandparents were part of the Holocaust. No, they weren't. Those are lies that were created to not only relate to people who may have had similar things happen to them, but also to create sympathy for yourself. Like how am I going to vote against this guy? His family was killed in the Holocaust. His mom died in nine 11. He has known tragedy his whole life. I, you know, I feel bad for the guy. That's what happens. You psychologically manipulated the voters in your district and now you have the audacity to go out there and tell them like, ah, nobody cared about the lies, bullcrap. The people in your district voted for a human being that doesn't actually exist because you created a new persona on paper and that is what you sold to them. That is what they voted for, but that person isn't real. So don't sit there and act like, oh, it doesn't matter if I lie to them. They kind of like it, right? Bull. Furthermore, as we all know, Santos last week, um, survived an attempt to expel him from Congress. You had 30 Democrats that voted to protect him and they did come out. And I will say, obviously there were much more Republicans who voted to save him than Democrats, but I am disappointed in the Democrats. I think it's ridiculous. I think their excuse for voting to save him was absolutely pathetic. Like, oh, well, we don't want to set that kind of precedent as if Republicans care about precedent. Oh, well, he hasn't been convicted of anything. It doesn't matter. I mean, like you don't even have to consider the crimes that he allegedly committed, allegedly. All you have to do is look at the fact that this isn't the person that the people of that district voted for. Therefore he shouldn't have a seat in that body. The alleged crimes, the indictments, none of that should have even come into your minds when voting to expel him because he is not the person that he sold to those voters. And I'll tell you what, when you vote to expel somebody, it only kicks them out of Congress. They're not forbidden from running again. Santos could have gone right back to his district said, look, I'm running again. You can vote for me knowing the real me and let the voters decide then that's how the Democrats should have handled it, but they didn't. Furthermore, we do have the house ethics committee that is supposed to be releasing their report on George Santos actually today. So we'll see if those 30 Democrats made the right choice along with all of the other Republicans, or let's see if maybe we'll have another vote to expel Santos that might end a little bit differently than that one last week. According to a new report from Rolling Stone, Rudy Giuliani has allegedly been telling people close to him that he has no intention whatsoever of flipping on Donald Trump in the Georgia trial. Rolling Stone reports, quote, "Um, the former top lawyer bragged to associates in recent months that he'd never break or betray Trump. Even as his own legal problem exploded and indictments were handed down, two sources with knowledge of these comments tell Rolling Stone. The pledge highlights both Giuliani's declared loyalty in the face of extreme legal jeopardy and the former president's growing isolation among the circle of advisors who helped him try to overturn the 2020 election. As the Trump legal team games out which of his co-defendants are most likely to cooperate with prosecutors, Giuliani appears to be one of the few alleged co-conspirators whose loyalty is viewed as uniquely reliable. In fact, according to the sources that spoke to Rolling Stone, Donald Trump himself has even joked about the fact that Rudy Giuliani could be thrown into solitary confinement and he still wouldn't flip on Donald Trump. Now, obviously the funny part about this is of course, these are similar to the statements that Trump and his insiders were making about Sidney Powell. She was viewed as they called it, their word unbreakable. Sidney Powell will never flip. We don't have to worry about anything. And then the day before her trial, she's like, can I, can I please flip? Like, I, I definitely, I don't, I don't want to do this. This is bad. I realize now how bad it is. I can't escape it. Let me flip. Now, could Giuliani do the same thing, right? I mean, him telling people like, oh, I'm never going to flip. I'm never going to flip. People say it all the time and then they flip. So the question is, do we believe what Rudy Giuliani says? Probably not. Or, do we think that in the end he is going to crack under the pressure? It's a big question, right? I think it's a giant question mark in general. I don't think at this point we can predict what Rudy Giuliani will or will not definitely do, right? Like you cannot say he's definitely not going to flip. You can't say he's definitely going to flip. All we can do much like people in a trial is look at the available evidence and try to make a a decision based on that. So let's look at the evidence right now. Rolling stone actually does a good job of pointing that out. Here it is. Uh, in addition to an indictment in Georgia, special prosecutor, Jack Smith listed him as a co-conspirator in the indictment of Trump in an on election related charges. He also faces a host of civil lawsuits against him including defamation suits by Dominion voting Systems, Smartmatic and election workers over his bogus election fraud claims, a harassment suit by a former employee, a suit from Hunter Biden, alleging the former mayor illegally hacked hacked his laptop and a suit by his former attorney, Robert Costello over allegedly unpaid legal bills. We know that Giuliani also, in addition to Mr. Costello has had trouble paying his other lawyers. We know that he has had lawyers abandon him, He doesn't really seem to have the money to be able to pay out any of the judgments that could be coming against him with Dominion, Smartmatic, the former employee, the, the election workers in Georgia. So he's in dire straits. He may not even have the money to hire decent lawyers and pay them as the Georgia trial alone progresses. So he is in a position where he will eventually have to make that choice it's one thing to be full of bravado, right? Before the thing happens, right? It's like you're standing in line for a roller coaster and you know that half of it, like you're dangling upside down and, you know, going 90 miles an hour. You're like, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. But then when they strap you in, right, they put the shoulder straps on you, that panic starts to set in. And you're like, wait a minute. I want to get off. 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 I don't want to do this. Trust me. <laughs> it happens. It happens you get a little scared and it's okay. And at that point, when the fear sets in, because you realize the thing you fear is coming at you, that's when you're willing to say, you know what? I've made a mistake. So we'll see what happens with Rudy Giuliani. He's in line for the roller coaster right now but he still has plenty of time to back out because he knows it's not going to end well for him and spending his last few years on this planet behind a jail cell, protecting Donald Trump. That may not seem like, you know, the best idea in the world. Once those shoulder straps on that roller coaster come down. Donald Trump of course took the stand yesterday in the New York fraud trial And, uh, uh, if you don't understand why I'm laughing, then you obviously weren't, uh, paying attention to what happened, but I say all of that to tell you this Politico on Monday published an interview that they did with a lawyer by the name of Deborah Baum. Now Deborah Baum was representing Jeffrey Zakarian, celebrity chef, um, when Zakarian was sued by Donald Trump. Now, Zakarian was supposed to open a restaurant in Donald Trump's DC hotel that of course has now been sold. Uh, and of course, once Trump started running for president, saying all the horrible things, Zakarian was like, ah, I'm out. So Trump sued Zakarian, Zakarian countersued him. And Deborah Baum was the lawyer for Zakarian who ended up doing a deposition of Donald Trump. And while she did the deposition, she figured out the key to getting Donald Trump To say everything that would basically make him lose his case. So here is what Ms. Baum told Politico, just let him talk. I got exactly what I wanted by letting him talk. And to be honest, before I continue with her quote, that seems to be what kind of happened yesterday in Donald Trump's fraud trial, right? Like just let him go just let him be Donald Trump. And you know that he is going to dig himself into a giant hole. And that definitely happened on Monday, but bomb continues. Cause it's not just about, ah, just let him talk. He'll run his mouth and get himself in trouble. There's more to it. Here's what she says. In that particular case, there were some legal issues we were dealing with in terms of the likelihood or the certainty of their losses as a result of the restaurant leaving, and they claimed millions and millions of dollars of lost profits. And there's a legal principle that your damages have to be reasonably certain to recover them. And a lot of their damages were based on how well they expected the restaurant to do, but he testified to exactly what I wanted, which was quote, with a restaurant, you never know what you're going to get. You never know. So she let him talk long enough because at first he wasn't digging himself into a hole, but you let him go long enough and he'll pick up that shovel and start digging. And then she says the second key, the man responds really well to flattery. You flatter him and he's your best friend. She says, you cannot go into a deposition with Donald Trump or even a line of questioning when he's on the stand. You can't go in there guns blazing, right? You can't be one of those hotshot lawyers that wants to have a gotcha moment. You know, you can't be Tom Cruise from a few good men. Okay. You gotta handle it. Cool. You gotta be smart. You gotta, you gotta be his buddy. You gotta tell him, Hey, it's, I love your shirt, man. Hey, you've been super successful in business. I, I think almost any business person in America would be jealous of the success you've had. I know I'm jealous of it. Throw a little bit of flattery out there and you've got him eating from your hand. Now, what's scary about this is that this is not just the legal strategy to get Trump to do whatever you want. This is also, by the way, the same strategy that was employed by dictators around the world to get Donald Trump on their side. Vladimir Putin knew how to do it. Kim Jong-un played Donald Trump for a total chump. You know, the man he had called dotard and then had that meeting with Donald Trump. You know, they're walking, having fun together. Donald Trump's talking to him about all the brilliant real estate opportunities in North Korea. Dictators and foreign leaders know the same thing that this lawyer, Deborah Baum is pointing out. You throw a couple compliments his way. He is going to be eating out of your hand for the rest of the day. He is going to tell you what you want to know. He's going to say things that he should not be saying. And all it takes is a little bit of flattery compliment here, compliment there. And you've got him right where you want him. So this is not only a helpful tool for prosecutors going after Donald Trump, but it's also a terrifying reminder of how easily Donald Trump got played by these dictatorial foreign leaders when he was president. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.